Dr. Jones, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you here and uh, discuss your data on the role of solid acid and metastatic hormone-sensitive prostate cancer. So my first question will, uh, would be, um, could you distinguish between osteoporotic and um, pathologic uh, fractures in the M1 subset of your uh, patient cohort? Yeah, so thank you for having me. Um, you raise an important question, which is how is pathological fracture defined in this cohort of patients? Because I, I don't think we have any consensus really as to as to what, what that definition means. I would say metast- metastasis linked. Yeah. So, so I mean, certainly, you know, a high proportion of men with metastatic disease are going to have bone metastases, but there are also a cohort of patients who have a higher incidence of osteoporosis at diagnosis. They're going to be on a treatment that's going to significantly alter their bone density. So have they got a pathological fracture due to osteoporosis, which would still in some ways be defined as a fracture associated with disease, but the disease is treatment. Well, just... let's call it osteoporotic fracture. Yeah. So, so if there is no metastasis in that side uh, where the, the fracture happens. Yeah, so so, so the, the data that we I presented today um, was on hospital episode statistics data. This is routinely collected data from hospitals in England and Wales, uh, and it uses diagnosis and procedure codes uh, to, to define events. So if... if And we use this, this framework to identify patients who had fracture-related hospitalizations. So they were in hospital as a consequence of But you cannot discriminate between the, uh, between the both. I think if clinicians struggle to, 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 because not every patient has a scan at that point in time to see if there's a metastasis in the bone or not, it's, it's impossible. And, and often hospital coders don't have that information either. So we, we couldn't, within our study, discriminate. But What we do know is that these are clinically significant. They've led to a hospitalization in a patient who has no metastatic prostate cancer who's on, who's on hormone treatment. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I was not surprised uh, by the fact that uh, solidronic acid uh, did not have an impact on uh, the incidence of fractures in the M0 uh, subset of the cord, since there are no studies, in my humble opinion, which have ever shown that solidronic acid reduces the risk of, uh, of fracture, but only the, the, um, the, the, incident or the, the extent of the bone loss. Yeah, and I think that's... The, that's in comparison a, to denosumab. Yeah, and, that, and that's an important thing that, you know, bone or reduction in bone density is a risk factor for fractures. And I'm sure if you followed up patients long enough, and that's where the unique advantage here is that we've got routine data, which was extended beyond trial follow-up. So we had, you know, median of 5.8 months, of, uh, 5.8 years of follow-up. So we were actually able to tease out these things. Uh, and, and it shows, you know, there's utilization for this in, in other both future and, and, and past studies to extract important data from, from routine data banks. But we have to be aware of the application of the, of the dosage of zolidronic acid. It was a dosage for preventing of SREs and not for, for, the, for the bone loss. You, because otherwise uh, the, the patient would receive, I mean, uh, one dosage annually or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. This so is the dosage so for, osteoporosis is either annual or biannual. This was a much more intense dose. And I think... Current practice is not routinely being used. You know, patients aren't getting bisphosphonates when they're, when they're in the metastatic hormone-sensitive setting. Now, the original study showed that zolindronic acid didn't improve overall survival, but this data does show that there is, you know, an effect in terms of fracture risk. And I think the, the, the unanswered questions remain, the dose and the schedule, really. And um, it, it's a bit conflicting evidence with a study which was published in 2014 by Matthew Smith, Um, I think JCO, 
Um, that was a randomized control study comparing the addition of zolidronic acid to ADT versus ADT and placebo, and there was no effect on the time to SRE in the trial. Yeah. So skeletal skeletal related events are a much broader term that encompasses increase in analgesia due to bone pain. So it's 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 uh, I think it's important that we we actually look at hard endpoints and and an absolute fracture is a hard endpoint. Now it it may be that due to the fact that these patients were recruited from two thousand and six, actually. This may be an underestimation of the fracture incidence in this population and actually with more contemporary coding standards uh, and also intensifying treatment with novel hormone agents, actually the, the incidence of fracture in, in these patients may be much higher. So uh, what would you recommend for the clinical use, solidronic acid or denosumab for uh, M? HSBC. Yeah, so we didn't look at denosumab in this study. Uh, systematic reviews... But denosumab outperformed solidronic acid in the castration resistance state. Of yeah, it's a different disease subgroup. Of course. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, studies that have looked at bone density and fracture risk across all disease groups have shown real equivalence between agents, um, whether you're using a bisphosphonate or a rangligan inhibitor. I think the important thing is that you should be doing something to prevent fractures in these patients because they have a high risk. And the data from Stampede suggests that bisphosphonates have active biology, we know that, but actually that now translates to difference in clinical outcome and reduction in fracture risk. Um, uh, would you recommend to, to, to use a, a fracture risk assessment tool? There are some calculators publicly available. Yeah, so one of the limitations of these fracture risk tools is that they've not necessarily been developed in this population. So men only compromised a quarter of the cohort to develop fracs, which is widely used. Uh, and these were men who were receiving ADT who are, who are at such a high risk of fractures. So I think, uh, you know, fracture risk may have a role in, in non-metastatic patients, but I think it's likely to underestimate the fracture incidence in metastatic population. Also, given that a proportion of these patients will have bone metastases, bone density assessment may artificially overestimate the actual bone density in patients and may prevent those who really need it from getting bone protection. It was a great pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for having me.